The myths and misconceptions we're talking about today, you are no doubt familiar with. Don't get mad. Don't think during a shot. Be positive. Don't think about score. However, it's time that we rethink some of those and give you a mindset mentality that's research-based, practical, and used at the highest level. In my opinion, the key to accessing our skill, and that's what really peak performance is, is non-resistance and acceptance of who we are, what we're thinking, and what we're feeling moment to moment. And once we can achieve that, which is not necessarily achievable, but we work towards that. And that's how we can really cultivate freedom. And that's where a lot of my work stems from, this idea of creating freedom and how we go about it. So yeah, I think the less we resist, the more freedom we can create, the less tense we are. You are listening to the Golf Science Lab podcast. My name is Cordy Walker, and I'm on a mission to figure out how to improve the way that we learn and get better at golf. I've been able to travel all over the world talking to leaders in the industry, from instructors to researchers to golfers themselves, learning how they're getting better at golf and what that means for you. Today on the podcast, we have a really great guy and someone who's become a friend over the years. We've spent a lot of time together at different events and always enjoy talking golf and picking up some of the things that he's working on with his players. Hi, everyone. My name is Dr. Greg Carton. I'm a sports psychology consultant based in Boston, Massachusetts. Uh, I work primarily with golfers, helping them access the skill that they've worked so hard to attain when it matters the most. I work with players ranging from PGA Tour winners and major winners all the way down to beginners, really. Young kids, all ages, and uh, all different levels. Working with Greg has helped me a lot in my golf game and in my life. And uh, kind of the best way to describe the changes are just more aware of what's going on in my head and situationally and gaining a lot of freedom by understanding these mindsets, understanding these concepts that he's shared. And his approach would would fall into a a mindfulness concept. And some might say, oh, that's woo-woo or Eastern philosophy. And I get it. I I understand where you're coming from that, but I disagree. You know, a mindfulness approach has been researched. It's shown to be beneficial in life. It's been shown to be beneficial in sport performance. And today we are tackling some of these myths around golf and around the mental game, looking at through the lens of this mindfulness approach that Greg uses with his players at all levels, major PGA Tour, major winners, and so on. We're going to talk about these myths. And then at the end, we're going to give you three keys you can write down and take with you to the golf course. And if you enjoy this and you want to learn more, you can head over to the website Golf Science Lab and check out the mindfulness course that we put together. It's taken, gosh, six, 12 months. We've taken almost 200 people through it answered questions, had live coaching sessions, and created training that will really help you. The reviews we've gotten are, I don't want to say surprisingly good, but the feedback has consistently been amazing, which I'm just so happy for. And it's now open. It's self-paced. And if you want to go through it, golfsciencelab.com slash mindfulness. Gravity Fit is a sponsor for today's podcast. If you haven't seen it, it's a little hard to visually describe. So right off the bat, we have a handful of videos of time I spent with PG talking about Gravity Fit at golfsciencelab.com slash gravity fit. And here's why it's a fascinating tool. 
A lot of us struggle with posture, spinal stability, shoulder strength, largely due to the sedentary nature of our working lifestyle, slumped in a poor posture over our computers and phones. And that makes achieving consistent, neutral athletic golf posture elusive, which often results in poor swing mechanics and not very good ball striking. Gravity Fit helps solve this problem by building awareness, stability, and strength in the key postural and stability muscles responsible for great posture and quality movement. And the really cool thing is that the tools can be used from rehab to the range. Doubling is a fantastic swing aid that can be used while practicing. It's currently in use by over 30 PGA Tour pros, trainers, and coaches, along with thousands of recreational golfers all around the world. Make sure to learn more at gravityfit.com and on our site, listen to golfsciencelab.com slash gravityfit to check out the podcast and videos that dive deeper into the theory and application of this cool tool. I am a very analytical person. I think a lot. And I've been told tons of times that when you get over that ball, you have to clear your mind. You can't think over the ball. (laughs) What is that going to do for me? It's going to cause quite a bit of stress. I'm not sure. Maybe use you as the example. Can you tell me how that's gone for you so far? It doesn't go well because you you stand over the ball and you think, and either I'm going to back off the shot 35 times and potentially never hit the shot or just go ahead and I have to hit it eventually. That's right. Right. So there's a couple things going on here. One, it's not possible to clear our minds, in my opinion, in my experience. It's not. The best part, though, that too, is it's not necessary to clear our minds. So the idea that we could clear our minds and stand over shot, what we're trying to do now is negate the thoughts we're having. Well, we're resisting those thoughts, and that causes tons of tension. So to approach it in a way that's going to create more freedom, I can stand over the ball and think anything and still perform at a high level. Yeah. I, I mean, it, everyone's uh, has heard the idea of, you know, if you think I'm, I'm going to shank it or you think I'm going to do this, that you should, should always back off the ball, right? And reset because that right. thought is going to cause that result. Right. And look, th- there are times I'm sure when people have those thoughts and they'll step away and they'll step back in without it and, and perform well. But knowing you don't have to do that, you know, I, I think promotes a lot more freedom. What usually happens is when you do step off and step back in, well, wait, that thought is still there. It doesn't go anywhere uh, or another one may come in or we replace it with something else. So we don't have to clear our minds of anything. We just need to be aware of what we're thinking, understand that those thoughts are powerless. And then we return to the task at hand with any thought that is going through our mind at the time without it. And it doesn't really bother us. I've heard you say that, you know, our thoughts don't mean anything just because you think you think I'm, I might shank this or I, I might hit this in the water. It doesn't mean that that's going to happen. It doesn't have any weight necessarily. No, 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 it doesn't. They don't. I mean, so I ask guys all the time, have you ever hit a good shot and had some bad thoughts? And a hundred percent of the time people say yes. And go the opposite. Have you ever hit a bad shot and had a totally clear mind and been feeling good? And the 100% yes as well. And to me, that's enough data to know that there really isn't much of a connection between the two. So what would you suggest then? Do we ignore our thoughts? Do we try to just push them off? Do we go ahead and hit the shot anyways? What do we do when we have those thoughts then? Sure. I use the word observe. So can you observe those thoughts almost as if you were standing above yourself, if you want to go that far, see them, 
And immediately, once we sort of recognize them and call them out almost, the power is, is gone. There's no charge. We don't add any charge to that. So it, we become the observer, not the owner of our thoughts. And we don't try to alter them. We just observe and allow them to sort of come and go as thought normal, naturally does. It's when we hang on to them or try to change or block them or ignore them that we create tension. And usually those thoughts just sort of don't go anywhere. Yeah, for sure. I mean, another kind of misconception or phrase that you hear is, is you always have to think positive in the sense of I, I always have to stay positive. I have to stay optimistic. What do you say to players that have those negative thoughts that maybe are overly negative or, or what's kind yeah. of your thought there? That's a great example, this idea that we, we only can think positive. And if you have a negative thought, well, then you're dead. You can't play, have negative thoughts at the same time. So the idea is that in the end, we develop enough awareness to the point where, or we observe so well that the content of the thoughts don't matter anymore, right? So there is no such thing as a positive or negative thought. It's just thinking. And there are a lot of Buddhist teachers who part of a mindfulness practice is to naming. That's calling out your thoughts. So some get very detailed. I'm thinking or I'm anxious or I'm uh, excited or and others just use the word thinking to name thoughts and meaning that there is no co the content doesn't matter. It's just thinking. So once we become aware that we're thinking again, it takes the power away. There's no meaning to it. There's no the content doesn't matter anymore. And that can be a really sort of liberating place to be. That's not just a golf skill. This is a, a life skill that we're talking about here, right? As um, as a lot of us get very negative, it seems it's easy to automatically always respond negatively and, and it affects everything. And you don't often realize that until you become an observer. That's right. So, and to become an observer, you have to develop enough awareness, right? So there is a skill that I help clients understand. It's this, the most powerful skill you can bring with you is, it's not mental toughness or positive thinking, it's awareness. Because once you're aware, then the thoughts don't matter anymore. But if you're not aware, we're at the mercy of our thoughts, meaning we're going to respond habitually to those thoughts, and anybody could see why that would be a problem. You have just had a, a lovely three putt because you realized you didn't go around to the other side of the putt and, and notice a break. <laughs> So right. you blew this three putt, you were one under going into that, and now you're kind of on this negative trend. You're spiraling headed into the next tee, you're angry, and I need to control my emotions. Mm -hmm. I need to not get mad, and I, I need to change how I feel. Right. Tell me the reality of, of what you see actually work with players, because I know that that sure. is a myth that, that we have been told, especially to junior golfers. I feel like I heard that so many times with no idea of what to do. So give us some ideas. Yeah, it's a good one. I mean, I think there's there's a social aspect of golf where, you know, we're not supposed to show any emotion. It's not like football or hockey or basketball where, you know, we let our emotions sort of out. Golf, we're supposed to it's the gentleman's game. You're not supposed to get angry. You're not supposed to get mad. So there's a real big difference between showing emotion and feeling emotion, right? Feeling emotion without resistance is, is okay. It's okay to get mad. 
It's okay to get frustrated. It's okay even sometimes to swear and scream and but showing that emotion at a higher level, it's just not accepted. So I think we've gotten it confused that, well, because you're not supposed to show emotion, you're not supposed to feel any emotion, right? And when you try to not feel emotion, what you're doing in essence is resisting yourself and that causes massive tension, right? Trying to bottle up those feelings can be really detrimental to a golfer when our goal is to create freedom. Freedom comes in being with however we're feeling in each moment, moment to moment. So again, the difference between showing emotion and feeling emotion, I think is what is the important distinction in, in that. And they've gotten confused, I think, over time, right? You, you've probably, everyone's played golf, probably heard that, right? Don't, don't show any emotion. Just go out there and sort of be level-headed and don't show how you're feeling. And But it's the feeling that's important. You can feel it. You can be with that emotion. You can still be okay. How do you prepare yourself for the next shot coming off of that? How do you not be in a, in a negative place or, or give yourself the best opportunity to hit a good shot after yeah. you've just, you know, you've gotten angry? Yeah. I mean, again, it comes down to resistance, right? So to prepare yourself for the next shot, you need to accept how you're feeling in that moment. Because Traditionally, what will happen is when you do get angry, you'll step up on the next tee and you'll have remembered that somewhere along the line you were told you're not supposed to be angry. So now you've entered this battle with yourself and it's really hard to hit a golf shot when you're doing that. So to prepare yourself for the next shot, understand that regardless of what you're thinking or feeling in that moment, it's okay. And that you can still hit a good shot with freedom if you're angry. If you're resisting the anger, it's going to be very difficult. That is, uh, that is very difficult to do um, <laughs> yeah, so, in, in the moment. And this is how I end a lot of talks we have with kids or any clients really is all that we just said conceptually, I think makes sense for the most part, but these are very difficult things to do because as human beings, we are constantly seeking comfort. We don't like to be uncomfortable. If we get sick, we take medicine. If we get cold, we put on a jacket. If we get warm, we roll the window down and turn the AC on. So in golf, if we get angry, we're trying to avoid that. Or if we get uncomfortable, we're trying to do whatever we can to get ourselves out of that. If we uh, experience fear, we try to calm ourselves down, constantly resisting ourselves, what we're thinking. So that's where the awareness comes in, right? But again, these are really difficult things. We're, We're kind of working against, you know, how we've evolved as humans to avoid discomfort. But once you start to learn that, hey, I can be uncomfortable and still play at a high level, it opens up a whole new ballgame, in my opinion. Another myth that we hear all the time is, is someone who is chasing better scores, chasing better performance, is that you shouldn't think about your score, right? If you right. know what you're shooting, you're in trouble. Talk to me about how you deal with that with your clients because score is all that matters as they're attempting to win tournaments, yeah. make cuts, and stay on tour. Totally. And, and score is no different than anger or anything else. It it's all stems from our thinking, right? So thinking about our score, we've been told, right? Like, oh, don't just ignore your score. Don't think about it. Or, or go play around a round of golf and don't keep score. Well, everyone who plays golf knows their score, right? The issue doesn't come from that. It comes from thinking you're not supposed to think about your score. Again, more resistance, right? So I'll always ask 
players when they say, well, what do you think about if I think about my score? And I say, well, what do you think about it? Well, I, I'm not supposed to do it. Well, there you go. You can't avoid thinking about it, right? Now, sometimes you can, and that's nice too, but you don't need to do that. You just need to be understanding that it, it's not those thoughts about your score that cause tension. It's our attempt to rid ourselves of those thoughts that causes the problems. And that's why it's developed this bad reputation that you're not supposed to think about your score. If golf were that easy, right, or, or, you could, or a guy say, well, if I could just think about a score and then I could go shoot it, well, that wouldn't make a whole lot of sense, right? The thoughts about our score have nothing to do with how we play. It's our resistance to them that causes the issues. Greg works with a lot of elite level players, guys whose names you definitely recognize, including recent winner Keegan Bradley. Great to see him back in the winner's circle. And before we signed off here with him talking about this concept of myths or misconceptions, things that he's seeing his players struggle with, I wanted to hear some common themes. What are some themes of what he's heard lately and over the years? And this is what he had to say. I think the most common one, and maybe it's because it's been most common recently, is hit the ball so great in the range and I get to the course, I just don't, it doesn't transfer over, right? I'm sure you felt that way before, or maybe Absolutely. not. Maybe you're, you, maybe you're in the minority that doesn't feel that way. But I, I'd say that most people who play golf, you know, have acquired a certain level of skill on the range when they're practicing, when things are going easy, that and they, things go well, and then they get out on the golf course and it doesn't always transfer over. So that's probably the most common complaint. Well, how do I do that? Well, a lot of that has to do with, I think, how we practice. You've talked a lot about this in other podcasts as far as acquiring skill, but also transferring that skill. How do we get that to transfer to the golf course or do we compete? And the simple answer is you need to, well, I don't know if it's simple, but it's about finding ways to make yourself uncomfortable while you're practicing so that it's not such a shock when you are uncomfortable when you're competing, right? That's one. Number two is, Rarely do we practice the same way we compete, right? So in golf, practice is steeped in repetition, or at least skill acquisition is, right? Repetition, repetition, repetition. Yet you step on the golf course and you never hit the same shot twice. So oftentimes we're not practicing the right way. And I think that leads to a lot of the frustration that folks have with not being able to transfer that skill over. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, a lot of the practice that we do is in that comfort zone, like you mentioned earlier. And getting back to that thing about score is that most of us don't practice with a score, you know, in our training. So we're not used to that. So if you spent more right. time in your training and in your practice with the score that you're trying to get to, then dealing with score during a round is going to be much less difficult. Shooting your shooting your best round is going to be something you face on a regular basis because you constantly are pushing yourself towards a goal in, in your training and practice. That's right. I like that that idea of, of score, right? Like yep. it, finding ways to keep score somehow. Like it, you can do it a lot of different ways. So you, you have some sort of responsibility for the shot you're hitting. Absolutely. And, and so what are you helping people understand or your, your tour players? What are you having them change in, in what they do or the way that they think? Overall or in terms of how they... Uh, that complaint of it's not transferring. I've, I've got it on the range, but it's not, it's not on the golf course. I, I don't know if it's... A, it's definitely not as much with the tour players, although there certainly is. And then we'll sort of review what they've been doing recently in terms of practice and how that has been maybe affecting the way they play. But they understand that also the, the expectation that it should be the same 
is also works against us too, right? It never is the same, nor does it have to be. So the immediate frustration that stems from hitting a bad shot or missing a five-footer after you made 100 five-footers the night before, well, it's not always going to be, there's no guarantee. So the expectation understanding or management is really important as well when it comes to that. Yeah. You know, this sport is incredibly variable and every shot is slightly different. It comes down to your ability to problem solve, to see all the input, to gather all the data and then execute a, a swing in this case. Yeah to get a result that we're looking for. And it depends on how good you are at looking at the input, gathering all the data, and then getting in a good state to, to perform. And, you know, when you're on repeat, hitting those five footers a hundred in a row, you skip the input and you skip all that stuff. And you're just performing something that's very different than what you face right. on the golf course. So you make a good point there too, right? The, the repetition can rob us of our flexibility, right? So I use that word flexibility a lot too. Like you need to be flexible. You need to be aware of your surroundings, right? Just because it's a five foot putt, most likely you've never seen that putt before. We're going to end this episode with some application. Here are three things that you can write down on a note card, on your phone, wherever it might be, and take with you to the golf course the next time that you're going to improve your mental game and to give you more freedom to lower the tension and to put you in a better state to perform at your best. Number one would be that the thoughts that we have are causing the problems. Meaning the thoughts are, are pretty much powerless, assuming that we're aware of what we're thinking. So the content of what we're thinking is irrelevant. So you can go out and think anything you want and still play at a high level. The second is that the old saying, what we resist persists. And that couldn't be more true in terms of performance. If you're resisting yourself, whether it's how you're feeling or what you're thinking, I'm not supposed to think this, I'm not supposed to get angry, all the stuff we just talked about, it's going to persist and it's going to cause tension, the tension that we don't need. So that would be number two. And the third, I think to get to that level to where we can sort of observe and understand, we need to be aware. And there's a great little exercise you can start with, even on the golf course, to start to develop some awareness. It's to simply once or even twice a hole, maybe as you're walking down the fairway and when you step on the green, is to simply ask yourself the question, what am I thinking or how am I feeling? It's enough for us to pause enough so we can take a look at what is actually going on and then remind ourselves that regardless of what we're thinking or feeling, it's okay. Love those concepts and I hope that you take the time to reflect on this and think about this next time that you go to the golf course. Please write those down, jot those down, give yourself some way that you can remember those so that you can put this education into action in your life and in your golf game. And if you enjoyed this, just make sure to check out that course we put together. If you want to learn more from Dr. Greg, it's really a fantastic collection of exercises, content, mindsets, and strategies for you to get a game plan for your mental game and understand this mindfulness approach. It's being used at the highest level and it's something that can work for you. It's worked for hundreds of other golfers as well. Make sure to head over to golfsciencelab.com slash mindfulness to check that out. Thank you so much 
Dr. Greg Carton for joining us. I really enjoy sitting down and talking to you and, and sharing this. And make sure to subscribe to the podcast. We have the quick questions episode with Greg coming out next week after this episode. So make sure to listen to that and get to know Greg a little bit better. Other than that, this episode was hosted and written by me, by Cordy Walker. You can follow me on Twitter at Cordy Walker and was edited, mixed, and produced by Just Hit Publish Productions. 